Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2018. My name is Julie Masters, and you've tuned into the first ever episode of Inside Influence for this year, where usually I would interview somebody amazing, a thought leader or a thinker or an author or a variety of different weird and wonderful professions to see if we can decode exactly what influence looks like. How do you drive a conversation? How do you own your space? How do you stand out in an industry? Or how do you create a movement or move a nation? Now for this episode, we decided to do something a little bit different and we decided just to keep it really simple. Firstly, because it's Christmas and we wanted a break. Secondly, because if your attention span is anything like mine during this time of year, simple is just good. In fact, that's actually my theme for 2018, written in bold across my to-do list, radical simplicity. Or I actually heard somebody describe it differently recently. They called it spacious hustle, which I just loved as a term, and you're, you're welcome to steal that one. So for this one, I wanted to share and actually, actually start a conversation with you about New Year's resolutions. Now, I know that that's a contentious topic. Some people love them. Some people hate them. But for me, I find it a really useful way every year to just focus my thinking right down into what do I want to do differently this year? Where do I want to focus that I wasn't focusing previously? And what am I doing currently that's not getting me the results that I want? And how could I do it differently? So I'm going to share a few of mine. And these are based a great deal, in fact, totally on what I've learned from the people I've interviewed for this podcast so far. And hopefully on whatever social channel floats your boat, I want to hear a little bit more about yours as well. And I want to invite you to publicly share what your influence resolutions are going to be for this year and how you're planning on executing them. So this year has been an interesting one for me. I've, I've worked in the influence world, the thought leadership world, the speaking world for nearly two decades now. And as with anything you're really close to, often you're, you're a little too close to it to actually take it in. So doing this podcast really forced me to take a look at the areas of my own influence where either I'm too close to it and I haven't seen that there are some huge gaps there where I can improve, where I can skill up, or where I do have the skills and where I do have the tools and I'm just simply not walking my talk. So here are the three things that I'm going to publicly commit to that I'm going to work on for 2018. Now, if you see me, meet me, hear me or in any way come into contact with my work and you see me not doing any of these things i invite you to publicly kick my ass numero uno number one i'm gonna get even more forensic i'm already i think pretty good but even more forensic about where i put my attention you know our attention is the primary currency in the world right now Pretty much everything lives or dies on the basis of the attention that we give it, be it a campaign, be it uh, our relationships, be it something as simple as the pot plants in my home. Everything, and I mean everything, thrives or dies on the basis of the attention that we give it. Now, I'm not going to get into the wider macro implications of this in terms of where we put our attention in the media, the stories we give our attention to, and the impact that that have, although that's huge. But this is about my news resolutions, and so I'm just going to get very practical. I have noticed that I can have a habit of 
especially if there's high intensity conversations going on or high stakes negotiations or conversations, I can walk into a room focusing my attention purely on what could go wrong. What could go wrong here? How could they feel? What's the worst thing that could happen? And, you know, sometimes that feels like you're, you're, you're stealing yourself for something. And, and I think that in the words of Chris Voss, that's really important. Knowing the worst possible outcome, very important. However, what I learned from Alan Parker was that a more valuable mindset with this stuff is to walk into a room focusing on collective agreement. What's an agreement that I can get early on in this room? Be it in a work environment, be it in my home. What can we agree on? Is it a collective intention? We're all here for the same reason. Is it that you know, we all want the same outcome? Is it that we're all mindful of the same things and we want to listen respectfully to each other? And even if we don't find an agreement today, make sure that everybody feels heard. Whatever it is, by focusing my attention on getting a collective agreement up front, basically on the things that we have in common as opposed to the things that we don't, I feel like that's going to get a far better outcome for me and the people that work with me than my current mindset. And actually, while we're on, while we're on attention, something I learned from Silvia Damiano is gut health, trusting your gut, putting way more attention on our gut instincts. Apparently there's like 100 million neurons in our gut and I predict from everything that I have come to know about it, this is gonna be one of the premier frontiers of, of medical innovations over the coming years. That thing you feel when you know something's not right or you know someone's gonna be great to work with, that what we would call gut instinct, but we would also put it in the bucket of a little bit hippie, a little bit woo-woo, might not mention it. We're going to be taking that far more seriously in years to come because your gut literally processes information before it reaches your brain. So that's another way that I'm going to get forensic about my attention. I'm going to listen for my gut when it tries to tell me something, and I'm going to use those gut instincts to make better quality decisions. Number two, number two of my New Year's resolutions for 2018 is having an experimental mindset. Now, this is another one from Alan Parker. He just there's way too much genius in there to only pick one. And actually, to be truthful, it's one that I trialed in 2017 and had such incredible results with that I'm going to pull it into 2018 as one of my primary tools. Now, when you first hear about this, it's not going to sound that groundbreaking, but just bear with me. An experimental mindset means rather than looking at a problem or some friction in your life and trying to find the perfect solution, which I can do, actually breaking my brain, trying to find the ultimate strategy to tackle this problem. Instead, you set a time frame. might be a week, might be a month, might be two months, and see how many different ways you can try to approach and solve the problem at hand. Now, I'll give you a couple of specific examples. I have to write a lot of articles um, in my world for a variety of different channels. And I w it was literally taking hours of my time a week. And I really wanted to outsource it to a copywriter, but I just, I couldn't find one. I couldn't find the perfect copywriter. So instead, I found three or four that maybe weren't perfect. And I gave myself a month. 
And I said, right, I'm going to trial three or four copywriters over the space of a month as an experiment. I'm going to run that as an experiment and see if I can find somebody that matches my style. Now, during the same period of time, I decided that I was going to run an experiment of taking on an assistant just for two months. I put out put it out there that there was a two-month contract for someone to come and help me run my world just to see, just to run that experiment and see if it improved the quality of life for me, my business, my family. Now, those two experiments alone changed my world. And by calling it an experiment, by framing it as an experiment, what it enabled me to do is step back from it being perfect, step back from finding the absolute right solution, and step back by giving it a time frame, I was able to step back from it working right away, which is somewhere where I think a lot of us get stuck. It didn't work right away. It must not work at all. And give it some space and time to see if I could find the right solution. So total, total game changer for me and it also enabled me to put into practice something that I I teach but I'm not very good at myself and that is focusing on version 10. In all my years of experience in business, um, in getting traction behind ideas and brands and people, one thing I know for sure, that it's always version 10. It's never version one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight or nine. It's always version 10. And if you know that, if you know that in your bones, then you don't worry so much about version one or version two. You're quite happy just to put them out there and let them be iterations of what you know will be something great when it gets to version 10. And by knowing that your only job is to get from version one to version 10, learning as much as you can, enjoying it as much as you can, and not expecting any of the previous versions to be perfect or the final product. Number three, I'm gonna call this one showing up when you're not ready. Actually, seen as these are supposed to be my New Year's resolutions, I'm gonna call it showing up when I'm not ready. Let's just get real about whose resolution this is. So showing up when you're not ready came into, into real boldness for me when I did the Alison Hill episode. And she was talking about the moment she was heading into the spotlight. And the moment she, she had a book deal, she was being asked to speak. And it was the moment where she had to choose whether she was going to stand up and be seen or not. And she said she put this beautiful post-it note above her desk. And on it, it said, do the work, be seen. And now I, I think that that's something that we can all learn from, but me in particular... And I'll tell you why. When it came time to press go on this podcast, if it had been up to me, it wouldn't have happened. It, it wasn't perfect. The tech wasn't perfect. It kept breaking. I was still learning. I'm still learning how to interview. What's the right number of questions where you don't overload somebody, where there's enough space for conversation, but you're still directing the interview Uh, A thousand other reasons that I could have given you for why I wasn't ready. Now, if I hadn't have promised the producer, Lauren Kelly, who had backed this idea from the very beginning that I was going to press go on that particular Wednesday morning, (laughs) then I wouldn't have done it. I know I wouldn't. So this is for me, more so than anybody else, I'm going to start showing up when I'm not ready. And in the words of a beautiful friend of mine, Jessie, 
she says, we need you not ready. And if I had a t-shirt range, in fact, I'm going to make a t-shirt range. And on the front of it, it's going to say, we need you not ready. You know, that Me Too campaign this year, that incredible Me Too campaign that's now literally just yesterday been named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. First time ever for a campaign. I can guarantee you none of those women were ready. We're never ready to raise our voice. We're never ready to take to the stage. We're never ready to hold a microphone. We're never ready to stand up and be seen and share our ideas. And if we are, then it, perhaps it's false confidence. But if you can do it before you're ready, and if you can show up before confidence shows up, then you have a chance of doing something amazing. So I'm gonna take a stop take of my world and all the areas in which I'm not ready. And specifically, so I can give you something to hold me accountable to, next year I have made a commitment that I'm gonna start getting more video out there. And if I haven't done it by April, feel free to <laughs> kick my ass via whatever channel you want to do it on. So where are you not ready? Where have you got a contribution to make or an idea that you believe in that needs the spotlight? And how are you gonna step up and claim that? So on that note, I wanna wish you a fabulous 2018 and one in which you own your space, find your voice and start influencing at a whole other level. As for me and the Inside Influence team, we intend to bring you as many tools, ideas, and stories from the most incredible people we can source from around the world so that we can smooth out that road for you a little bit and decode what it takes so that you can take those lessons and supercharge your own journeys. And remember, as the year unfolds, and it will, and quickly, we need you not ready. <laughs>